didn't realize that from Rice to this church would take an hour this time. But um, it's hard coming up this way. But I, I really appreciate this, this particular fellowship. It was very good to me and my family when we first moved to Houston. Um, uh, they really reached out to my, to me and my wife and my children in particular. They had invited my daughters. My daughters were 15 and 12 at the time. And uh, they invited my daughters to go out to a ranch and, and participate with them. Very, very friendly and really embraced us. Uh, people like Frank Jones are just such quality people. And, and uh, uh, Dr. Ford, and, and also Mr. Brickner, these gentlemen, the depth of these gentlemen is just tremendous. So the people you have in your midst are just, just amazing. And I've had the, the good pleasure of, of meeting uh, Michael Boyce when he came. And uh, so I have great respect for this body of Christ. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your word. And Father, I pray that you pour out from on high a blessing from heaven. That you would touch each of our hearts. You know where we each are. And Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. That you would just drill right down upon us, Lord. By the power of your word. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Filled to overflowing, I pray. Let the Holy Spirit go forth. And accomplish your work. Father, I pray that because of this night, there would be a greater desire to spend time with you, to know you, to fellowship with you. That you would give us a greater desire to obey your commandments, to follow your ways. Father, I pray that you would do a change in our hearts because of tonight. And I commit this to you and this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be reading initially from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7 onward. John, chapter 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. verse 7 he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. We all pray many prayers, but this is a particular promise. He says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish. Why would Jesus say such a thing? If it wasn't true. It must be true. Ask whatever we wish, and it will be done. But the prerequisite is, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Before he hears me in this sort of prayer, I must hear him. If my word abides in you. To have this level of fellowship with God means that we would be very, very careful what we ask for. Because when you realize the magnitude of this, it would cause us to be very careful. You know, if you have a toy gun, you play around and point it at people and shoot, but if you've got a real gun, you're very careful where you point that. Very careful about it when something real is there. He says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. So the question of God loving us is done. He's already addressed that. He said, just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. There is no prerequisite on that one. He says, I love you. I love you just as the Father has loved me. I love you. So the love of God is complete and there for us. It is there. There is no question about the depth of his love for us. But now what he says is, abide in my love. My love is there. That is established. This thing of answering whatever you wish has the prerequisite that if we abide in him, and his word abides in us. But there is no prerequisite in this portion concerning his love. As disciples, he loves us. As his children, he loves us. That doesn't change. He says then, if you keep my commandments, um, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And there you go. This thing has come from the somewhat ethereal What does it mean to abide? What do you mean abide in your love? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. That I understand. If I keep your commandments, I will abide. His love for me is there. That is established. But his love and protection... And blessing has these parameters. He says, abide in here, within these parameters. Abide in my love. Well, how do I do that? What do you mean, abide in your love? Keep my commandments? Could he have been more explicit? How simple that is. 
keep my commandments. There's about 150 commandments in the New Testament that are able to keep us quite busy. Nine of the ten commandments, of the ten commandments, nine of the ten are embodied in New Testament commandments. The only one that is not there is the Sabbath day. And you think, oh, well, you know, I, I rest on the Sabbath. You know, I'm in church every Sabbath day. No, the Sabbath is Saturday, always has been and always will be. So from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, that is the Sabbath. You say, well, I substitute it. Well, then it's not the Sabbath anymore. The Sabbath day always has been. So if you're not observing Friday from sundown to Saturday at sundown, you're not observing the Sabbath. That one is not embodied in New Testament commandments. The other nine are. He says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. That is what I want. How many people here would love to have their marriage destroyed? How many people would love to see their children go astray and trash their lives? There are things that we all want to have. I want to have a marriage that I can really enjoy. A wife that is totally fulfilling to me as a wife. That she is a wife to me is totally fulfilling. I want to have children that love the Lord. I want to have a job that is fulfilling to me. That I feel challenged with. That I feel recognized in. That the work of my hands is recognized. We share these common feelings. Jesus says, I have a treasure for you. My joy can be in you, and your joy can be made full. How do I do that? He says, these things I've spoken to you. What things? That you abide in my love. How? That you keep my commandments. You keep my commandments. If I keep the commandments of God and stay in this abiding love, he says, you will have joy that will bring you fulfillment. Your joy will be made full. Your joy will be made full. Look at the treasure that he puts before us. We share this common desire. You go anywhere in the world, there is this common desire. Here it is. Our joy will be made full if we keep his commandments and abide within the structure of his love. When we step out of this, he still loves us. But all this attack comes. We get all beat up. And, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Because uh, you stepped out. So it's going to happen. Come back and abide in my love. If I abide in, his, in him and he in me, my joy will be made full. And this happens by keeping His commandments. I'm going to look at Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. 
The scripture talks about wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Wisdom shouts in the streets, she lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? You see, he says that wisdom is there. It is shouting out. On the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Wisdom shouts out in the streets. It is here, gentlemen. It is here. The fulfillment, the joy that we seek is here. Now the scriptures say that Jesus was a man of sorrows. And he was afflicted. And he was mistreated. But in the midst of that, this is the man that was filled with joy. So that no matter what the outward circumstances are, it says of him, he was like one from whom men hide their faith. He was afflicted and we did not esteem him. Yet within him was the embodiment of joy. So that come what may, the joy resides because of God. Because of God. Because I know what my God will do in a life. Just this past week I was praying with this young woman who has week, maybe two weeks to live because of cancer. She's in her 40s. And I was speaking to her parents, and I could confidently look at them and say, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies, and he who believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked the question, do you believe this? And I could confidently look at her parents and say, she will never die. She will forever be with him. And I know the comfort of my God will be with those parents. As difficult as this is, because my God is faithful. That come what may, the joy of life will be there. It is embodied. It is a treasure. And wisdom shouts out in the street, gentlemen, will you have it? Will you believe this? It says, how long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? So there's a group that is naive and simple-minded. And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing. There's another group that, is, that are scoffers. And then it says there's a third group, and fools hate wisdom. So there's the naive, simple ones. There's the scoffers, and there's the fools. The faith of those three, however, is the same. As we'll read on and see. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called you and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you, you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. 
I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then you will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. I mean, it's pretty direct. It doesn't say that God is going to mock and laugh, but wisdom will mock and laugh. And I tell students all the time. I just sent an email to a young lady who just told me she got engaged and she's a believer. And I'm told that her fiancé is a believer and she is living with this young man and then she told me they just got engaged. And I told her there is a way of joy in life. And you can only have that by obeying His commandments. If you obey His commandments, you will experience His joy. If you don't, you won't. It is that simple. Will I obey His commandments? Will I follow His counsel? He puts before us this framework that there is this assurance of fullness of joy in life. And we go, oh, well, I got my own way. Hmm. What's wrong with me if I will not see what he's put before me? Will I take this promise of fullness of joy? If you abide in me through obeying my commandments, you will have the fullness of joy so that come what may, you will have joy. And he will take care of you. Never has the children of the righteous had to beg bread, the scriptures said. He will take care of us. But as soon as I step outside this, and all of this junk starts hitting me, I look to God and say, God, why are you allowing this? Well, I've come out from under his covering. He has a way for me. I was really blessed to hear about this, this frontal attack on pornography that was just announced, a, way, a, a methodology to do this. So many people struggle with this thing, and it leads to all sorts of problems. I have seen man after man destroy and trash their marriage through this. This is our chance. Will we listen to his wisdom? Will we keep his commandments, or will we step outside it? Proverbs chapter 5 says, My son, give attention to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may observe discretion and your lips reserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress strip honey and smoother than oil is her speech, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life, her ways are unstable, she does not know it. Now then, my son, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. Look at the way God is crying out. Now then, my son, listen to me. 
listen to me. Do you see this father embracing us and saying, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about here. Now then, my son, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Don't go near her. This woman that you want to flirt with at work, don't go near her. This secretary that's strong your strength, don't go near her. Avoid her. Avoid her desk. Avoid talking with her. You say, well, you know, it's going to be offensive to her. Let her be offended. Just avoid it. Let her be offended. Or, here's what will happen. Or you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. And strangers will be filled with your strength and your hard-earned goods will go to the house of an alien. You will lose everything. Everything. I have seen it over and over again in men's lives. Go out and have an affair. Watch. You will lose so much. You will lose so much and others will end up with the riches that you could have had. Others will end up with the treasures that you could have had. Your hard-earned goods will go to the house of an alien. How much more explicit would we like God to be? Again and again. He puts it right in our face. And again and again, we toy with this thing and flip it around in our minds. God, help me, should be our cry. Here your pastor presents before you a way that if you struggle with internet pornography, to deal with it. Deal with it, gentlemen. Deal with it. And those of you who are older, who much of this struggle has now passed, pray for your younger brothers. Remember the pressure that was there. And you will groan at your final end when your flesh and your body are consumed and you say, how I have hated instruction and my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ears to my instructors. I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly and the congregation. And brothers, I don't leave you alone in this, not at all. I have a, I have a portion on my website called Scriptural Sexual Ethics. If you just go to jmtour.com or just Google Jim Tour, you'll find it. Scriptural Sexual Ethics. Listen to that, that six-part series. Just listen to it. In the privacy of your own home, listen to it. I want to help you. Because I know that struggle. I want to help you. And through that series, you can rekindle a relationship with your wife that will be so treasured that that sexual relationship with your wife is so good and so fulfilling. And you get this order right. When you get this right, and the two of you ought to listen to this together, if you get this right, you won't be able to keep up with her. Not kidding you. You won't be able to keep up with her. Because when you get this right, she senses that your heart is there and you can't keep up. And you will be totally fulfilled. 
You will be able to drink water from your own cistern. You will rejoice in the wife of your youth, as it says in Proverbs 5. Proverbs 7 talks about the man who went with the adulteress. For at the window of my house I looked out, in verse 6, Proverbs 7, verse 6, I looked out through my lattice, I saw among the naive, and I discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense. Passing through the street near her corner, he takes the way to her house. That was his problem. He didn't cut off the way to her house. And behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the square. She lurks by every corner. She seizes him and kisses him. With a brazen face, she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. Oh, she's a Christian. Well, she goes to church. She paid her vows. So I, I can kind of justify it. It's just a Christian relationship. It is not. Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. Just a little bit of affirmation. I've come out to seek you. Come to seek me? Hey, pretty good. She came out to see me. It is so deceptive. Woman can say one word to us. You're strong. You're funny. And all of a sudden, boom, our mind can just wrap around this thing. You think, I don't get this affirmation from home. Well, if you got your relationship right, you get that affirmation. Because we feel, you know, this woman is, is just praising you. The only reason she's praising you is because she doesn't know what you really like. It's really. If they knew my temper and my frustration and my depression, they wouldn't be praising me. But only because she's unaware. God has for us something so rich in this abiding and in His commandments. Will I keep His commandments and live? Will I keep His commandments and live? In Deuteronomy chapter 32, Deuteronomy 32, Moses is just near the end of his life. And he wants to summarize everything that was, he had said. How do you summarize 40 years of instruction? How do you summarize this? What is the word that you say? After 40 years of instruction, how do you summarize it? How do you draw all this up to a close? What do you say? Well, look what Moses said. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 45. Deuteronomy 32, 45. When Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel... He said to them, Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today, which you shall command your sons to observe carefully 
even all the words of this law. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. And by this word you will prolong your days in the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. This is how he summarizes it. Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today. This book will stand in testimony against us. Wisdom will laugh at us if we go against what is written here. And we cannot know it without reading it. We cannot know it without reading it. Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today, which you shall command your sons to observe carefully, even all the words of this law. Gentlemen, you have a responsibility to teach this word to your children. Say, well, my wife takes care of that. You have now neglected your responsibility. It is up to you to teach this to your children. It is up to you to teach it. You say, well, I'm not called to be a teacher. You are a father. You teach this to your children. And they will hold you accountable. They will hold you to it. You are to command this word to your children. To observe carefully. For it is not an idle word for you. Moses says, it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. This is your life. It may be an idle word to the unbeliever. But for us, it is our life. This is our life. Jesus holds before us, this is your life. I will not force you. You can step outside and do as you like. But remember, wisdom will laugh at you and will mock you when you trash your life. This word is your life. It is not an idle word. It is your life. It is right here. By this word you will prolong your days. By this word you will get everything beyond the Jordan that I have for you. You will leave nothing on the table in your life if you take hold of this word. He will do with you more than you could ever ask or think. That is His promise. He will do with you. The only thing that restricts me is not the enemy, it is not the devil. The only thing that restricts me is my own unbelief and my own unwillingness to take hold of His word. Jesus has dealt with the devil. But God does not force His way upon us. We get to choose. And so He presents it to us. And the loss that we will suffer, the loss that the naive suffers for not obeying, is equivalent to the loss that the scoffer or the fool will suffer. This word is our life. And that's why In John chapter 15, Jesus said, 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. We keep His commandments and we abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you. That means the reason I'm telling you this is so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So that you would have everything in life that brings you joy. I had a man come to my office not too long ago. He said he wanted me to, wanted to license some of technologies that we were developing. He said, you know, my this stage in life, he says, I, I'm, I'm building wealth and I want to share this wealth with others. And I looked at him and I said, you've just thrown out the wrong lure. My house is bigger than I need. I raised four children in that house. There's only one left. It's more than I need. My car is bigger than I need. The more money I make, the more difficult it is to raise my children. I had no desire to build the wealth that you're talking about. No desire. I really don't. I have no desire for it. Your joy can be made complete, can be made full. You take this book. I want so much to please this man. When I was 18 years old, on November 7, 1977, I was all alone in my dormitory room, as a Jew. A young man had shared with me about Jesus Christ about a month earlier, a month and a half earlier. And I had started to attend a Bible study, and I was all alone in my room. And I got down on my knees, and I asked God to forgive me. And I asked Jesus to wash me by His blood. And that moment, that moment, a presence filled the room. So real of a presence that I opened my eyes thinking there was a man standing in the room with me. But I saw no one. But I felt a forgiveness like I had never known. And I felt a cleanness like I had never known. And to this day, 32 years later, I want to please this man who came in my room on November 7, 1977. That brings me great joy. And when I please him, my joy is made full. Brothers, this is what he is offering us. A fulfilled life. A joyous life. There is no other woman in the world that I want but my wife. She cooks so well. She cleans the house. She's so kind. This woman wakes up in the morning just charting out the things that she is going to do for other people. Listing the names of people and things she's going to do for them that day. But God has given me everything and so fulfilled me. I love my children. I love my job. There's no other job that I would rather have. No other job that I would rather have. 
I love my work. God has fulfilled me in joy. He will do that with you. Jesus said, I have a treasure for you. You can abide in me if you keep my commandments. And then your joy will be made full. This word is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. Make this word your meditation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. You are so good. Lord, I pray for these men here that they would take hold of your word and seek to abide in you. Seek to abide in your ways. Father, that they may experience joy that is fulfilling. That come what may, there would be a joy that is so fulfilling. And Father, I pray for the young men here struggling with pornography, struggling with flirtatious attitudes. Father, that they would submit to leadership in this church and confess that. Father, lest it destroy their lives, lest they give their vigor to others and their years to the cruel one, lest an alien be filled with their hard-earned goods, and lest they groan when they lose it all. Father, I pray for them, for victory in their lives. And Lord, I, I ask that you would give them a desire, each man here, each of us, desire to love you through your word, by reading your word, to obey your commandments, that we may abide in you and experience joy fulfilling. In the name of Jesus, amen.